fell thunderously. I was on my way back, working my way through the streets, and I just took shelter under a tree. And as the huge tea droplets were falling down, and I was getting a little bit wet, and as the, the deluge was taking place, I heard the words behind me. Would you like to come in and join me? And I turned around, and to my surprise, there was a resident who came out to look, watch the spectacular display of the, of the rain as well. And they were standing on their porch, and they said, Would you like to just come in and join me? There I was. Uh, in my sneakers and shorts and single little t-shirt and I went, it's a whole lot better in there. <laughs> sure. So I walked in and, and she welcomed me into her house and she asked for my coffee and for the next couple of hours, well after the rain had passed, we said goodbye. And I ran home to Ron and she said, where on earth are you mean? She didn't believe this. Someone just uttered the words, would you like to join me? And I said yes, and then opened up a whole new opportunity. As powerful as that, would you like to join in? Have you ever felt the sting of social exclusion? Yes. You've walked into a function, uh, you've walked into a business setting, a school, you, you've walked into a party and you don't know if you know anyone in there, and the anxiety levels, they rise, you know this, don't you? And, and you're just standing there by yourself and you're wishing uh, someone would look around and, and look beyond themselves to just include you and utter those magic words. Would you like to join in with this? Are you by yourself? Would you like to join in? Yeah? And someone's uttered those words to you and you've gone, oh, the anxiety level's drop. You introduce yourself and you have one point of contact and you interact with them. And it's, this whole new world is opened up for you because someone has made you welcome. You see, to belong is the desire of every human heart. I used to experience this in another form because social exclusion at adolescence is even more profound. So that YouTube clip that you saw just there is, is actually very, very true. The extent towards young people and adolescents will go to be included is the things that they will compromise on the way of being included is profoundly noticed. I used to work in a sports store when I was at university, and uh, we used to have a wall of sneakers. You go to the sports stores, they the same gear. And up at one end were all the branded shoes, and uh, they were the hundreds of dollars ones. And then there was the, the branded shoes, but not so branded as known, and they were down the other side, and inevitably a parent would come in with their child, and they'd be gazing at this wall of shoes, the sneakers. And uh, inevitably, a parent would come to me and say, look, we're trying to choose a, a sneaker, a shoe, a runner for my child. Um, there's this one here, which is a branded one, and there's this one here, which is not so branded. And I was just wondering, you know, what would you recommend? And I would say, you know what, this is worth the tens of dollars, and this one's the hundreds of dollars, yeah? I said, there's not a real great difference between the two. Um, in fact, you actually might get more wear and tear out of this one, um, but you're paying for the, the tag, the brand, the... And I'd, I'd say, it's up to you, but I reckon this one's just as good. And then you'd step back, and then you'd watch World War III break out, yeah? <laughs> and they would wrangle, and they would argue, and they would, yep, yeah, like in Jen, it's coming. And, and they would say, and inevitably, what would be taking place, I said, is they're not wrangling, because the child understands the quality difference of the shoes. It's because everyone at school is wearing these ones. And I don't want to be... Out. If you're here this morning and you don't know much about God, you might be checking him out or you've had your nose put 
out by someone who claimed to be a follower of Jesus. And, and, and maybe you can get your nose out of joint when someone says, actually, I think that we're all sinners as human beings and that you take offence to that. You understand sin in this frame, don't you? The frame that in our world that exists where we rank people according to their worth and value, according to what they wear, the colour of their skin or their privileged position. You understand that, don't you? We all understand that. There is a disease in this world that infects us so readily and easily where we rank and we order people according to their worth based upon the privileged position they come from, the colour of their skin, what shoes they are or aren't wearing, and it happens just so easily. You know, the, the truth is that that disease that's in all of us, it cuts us off from God and it cuts us off from one another. I mean, that's the cause of so much strife in this world is if we could just get past the skin thing and the background thing, if we could, but we rank and we order and we exclude and we include on the basis of a criteria that we've set in our own head. There's a sociologist by the name of Rodney Stark. He, he looked into Christianity and he said, you know what, how is it that, that a, a religious movement on the fringes of the Roman Empire in Israel and Jerusalem 2,000 years ago grew from just a few thousand people to be one in two Romans in the Roman Empire, one in two out of the entire Roman Empire by 350 AD, around the time when Constantine saw the, saw the chips falling in one way and, and hedged his bets and said, I'll, I'll go with Christianity. might have had an engagement with God and religious experience himself. How is it that that took place, that dynamic? What happened to go from this marginal fringe to being the centre of and he made this conclusion in all of his studies. He said it probably had something to do with the miraculous events that were taking place that people gave names to Jesus as the result of that. Probably had something to do with the, the, the commitment and fervency people had to say, we saw a dead man come back to life and we'll even die for it. He said it probably had something to do with the commitment. But he said, more often, what I conclude is this, it moved from the margins to the centre because the lock, stock and barrel of the everyday would-be follower of Jesus invited their friends and their families and their neighbours alike to come and share in with them the good news of Jesus. It was as almost they had learnt the words of Jesus, follow me, and had applied it to their lives to the simple, profound question, would you like to join in with us? You're welcome too. Would you like to join in with us? Not on the basis of colour, not on the basis of privileged position, not on the basis of status, whether or not you wore the right branded sandals. <laughs> All alike. Wow. Wow. You see, when Jesus walked the face of this earth, he wanted people to make a radical shift around him. There was a time in which he was engaging people in the early part of his ministry and people were flooding to him. Have a read of this up on the screen here. Jesus entered a house and again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. I mean, that's how, that's the kind of effect that Jesus was having as he had demonstrated his authority over the spirit world, how he demonstrated his authority over sickness and the miraculous things that were happening and the claims he was making about who he 
was. Such that gathered people, they weren't even able to eat. You think you've got a busy job? Yeah. You can relate to this. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, but they said, he's just our brother. He's just my son. What is going on? He must be out of his mind. Have you ever thought that one of your brothers or sisters might be really on the edge and you wanted to, yeah, yeah maybe as a parent you're wondering if you just need to keep that back in? That's what they And then it follows on. So they went to actually go to him once they heard this. And then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived outside the door. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him and they told him, your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. Let's just pause that there for a moment, looking for you. Now, can I just ask you this morning, is anyone here from a Greek or Italian background? Wow. Alright, anyone from an Asian background here? Yeah. Alright. Thank you, Amanda. I see you. You can be with it. I know. It would be embarrassing. However, if you're from a European background or an Asian background, you will understand the importance of family probably more than just white Anglo-Western. Yeah? Because there's something understood about family and the commitment to family. I know from Greek-Italian culture, not that I am from, but I have friends who are, that there's this connection of blood that is thicker than anything else. It's thicker than olive oil, I'll tell you this. And I'll tell you what, there's a connection within family and extended family which goes deep. And just a tip for everyone here, it would be for going out with, with someone who might be from a... If you hear your boyfriend or girlfriend um, actually ridiculing their own family, you just agree with them or just stay clear. But one no-no for you is do not go and criticise their family back. Do not agree with them or else World War Three will break out, I tell you not. Now, I get this just from a white angler background because I remember the first time I went to my wife's house, mum and three daughters, dad was not around, okay? And I remember turning up from a family of four boys and mum and dad, yeah? So, almost the antithesis. I remember walking into her house the first time I was going out with her and the sisters got to talking about their clothes. And who's had whose clothes? Now, as a male in a boy household, I had no idea what that discussion was about. Yeah? Who's got mine? Who's borrowed mine? Because we just don't do that. That is weird. Yeah? <laughs> Guys, I just want you to know that. And I remember going in, and it was kind of got to that awkward moment where the sisters were turning in on one another and arguing about whose was whose, and they hadn't ironed it and said, yeah? No idea. And so I thought, this is a little bit uncomfortable for me right now. I come from my oriented family. I'm going to sort this stuff out. I'm just going to straight to the point. Give back what was taken. Yeah, all this stuff. So I piped up and went, you know what, I think you can organise this and work this out. Whoa. <laughs> blood is thicker than olive oil. I tell you what, all of them, you know, so probably even the mother turned on me. <laughs> That was the last time I ever, ever got in between them and their clothes. I tell you what. <laughs> so when Jesus comes into this situation as being the oldest male because his dad Joseph is probably no longer around, he understands any Asian and European community, you understand this, Middle Eastern family the like, the eldest is in charge. The eldest son is in charge. 
Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived, standing outside. They sent someone in to call him. A crowd was standing around him, and they told him, Your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. This is code for, as the eldest, you should now, the expected thing is, go out to your mother and family and greet them, or make special place for them when they come into this setting to acknowledge them. And Jesus said this, Who are my mother and my brothers? Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and brothers. Whoever does God's will is my mother and sister, sorry, is my brother and sister and mother. Now just pick your jaws up off the ground, please. Because not only has he insulted his siblings, he has insulted his mother and he has made a radical, profound shift of demarcation about who he identifies with and who is welcome in his little community of followers wrapped around his father that he referred to as God. God is my father. And doing his work. <coughs> wow. You see, in Jesus' estimation, he was making a radical shift. No longer is the identity badge for you, based along your heritage or your privileged position within Israel, a community that's known as God's children, God's family. In that moment, he was breaking ties and saying, anyone who wants to be part of my family, they're the ones who actually hear my words and make that shift in their lives to follow my Heavenly Father, my Father in Heaven, in fact, follow me. They are my brother and my sister and my mother. Now, don't jump to too many conclusions here if you're thinking, this is brilliant. This is the chance I've always been waiting for to cut off. (laughs) Uh, Jesus, when he was hanging on the cross, he even took a moment to say to one of his disciples, John, would you take care of my mother? Mother, this is now your son. He wasn't saying he no longer has any responsibility to care for his parents or his siblings. But what he was trying to communicate is that connection with God is no longer on bloodlines, but demarcation of simple faith and confidence in him. Wow. Jesus was inviting people to radically change their idea about who constitutes family in God's estimation. And the early followers of Jesus, they understood this profoundly, so much so that they had different names they used for anyone who would come in and wrap themselves around and point to Jesus and say, I would like to follow you. This is how they referred to one another. (coughs) Brothers and sisters. A writer by the name of Paul says, Now I want you to know, when he writes to a group of people who live in Philippi, brothers and sisters, he goes on and says in another place, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there should be no divisions among you, but that you should be perfectly united in mind and thought, brothers and sisters. And then in another place he says, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. See, what is it that shifted Jesus from being just an external group on the outside of a Roman Empire to being at the centre and having such profound influence? It seems as though 
people dared to believe the words of Jesus. That when they looked at other human beings around about them, they dared to believe that they could be potential brothers and sisters in Him, in Jesus, but also for those that did identify with Jesus, that they determined in their minds that they were a brother, a sister, like a father, like a mother. Wow. Wow. In 137 AD, a writer by the name of Aristides, he writes this to the emperor. It is the Christians, O emperor, they show their love to neighbours. If they see a travelling stranger, they bring him under their roof, they rejoice over him as over a real brother. But they do not call one another brothers after the flesh, but they know that they are brothers in spirit and in God. Wow. Could you imagine a community of people who shifted their minds and their heads to say, you know what, every person that I meet on the streets is a potential brother or sister and I would treat them just like that. Could you imagine a group of people who identified with Jesus who really understood this? That when they looked at the person to the left or to their right, they didn't look at them as though someone to compete against, someone who they could extract something out and manipulate for their own benefit. But they actually saw them as being a brother, a sister, from a good household and a good family. And i tell you what, if there was something that would change our communities, it would be just that shift alone. Now friends, that is good news in a world where there are so many broken families and disintegrating communities that someone else would say, I would treat you purely like a sister. I would treat and honour you like a brother so you were my own. There's new blood, it's on the lines of faith, but i tell you what, you belong with me just as much as I belong with you. And this was the radical power of the transforming message of Jesus that when someone reached out to him, Jesus did a demarcation, if you like, a radical shift in people's hearts. That whether you are Jewish or Gentile, that is non-Jewish, whether you are a slave person or a free person who had their own rights and privileges to make money and to enter into commerce, whether you're a man or woman, a child or an elderly person, you're all one. Part of the same extended family. Imagine that. Can you hear the music? <coughs> I was walking through a shopping centre a few days ago. Can you hear the music? It started. Christmas music. It started on time. The music's playing. It's coming. The one thing that's certain about Christmas is this. If you have money to spend, you go into a shopping mall, a department store, a centre, and you walk up to the bench, the altar, and you take your goods, and, and you exchange your money for a good. And then the high priest behind the cash register types in their code, hits a button and presents to you a tag just to say that you've been into the temple and, and, and here's your receipt of purchase. They're pleased because you've given them money. You're satisfied because you have a good and you walk out. Both at Both at ease with yourself and your world. You see, my friends, that is what I would epitomise and say is religion at its deepest. I go in and give something to someone else and they in exchange give something back to me. We both then set a connection and walk away and say the deal is done. Isn't that funny? 
Because Christmas, as I understand it these days, is almost the antithesis of the words of Jesus. You don't come to Jesus and say, I will have this goods in exchange for this. I will exchange that, you forgive me, and then I will give you something in return and then we don't have to communicate with each other for the rest of our lives until when I die. <coughs> in fact, he says this, no, I dare you to become part of my family, to see other people as a brother and sister, to enter into a relationship with a God who's alive and loves you no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, place your faith in me and you're welcome into my family. Could you imagine a community of people that called themselves followers of Jesus but began to think it was like Christmas, they hear the music and they get that little tab in their head that goes, goods and services, exchange. They come in and they offer their act of service. They exchange some of their finance. They drop some money in a plate and then they leave again and say, all done. It's as though they would have even missed the entire message of what Jesus is all about and reduced him to nothing more than Christmas or Christmas tree. No, no, no. Can you imagine the community of people that to the left or to the right, the opposite side, back and forth, they say, that's my brother, that's my sister. And then the words that rattle out so much easier then is, when I don't see you fitting in, I say, would you like to join in with us? Would you like to join in with us? Would you like to come and be part of us and what we're doing because you're a brother or a sister or a potential brother or sister who's also getting to know Jesus too, my friend. That is a profound message of Christmas. You won't get that in the temple of Eastland or Longhouse. But you will get the powerful words of Jesus. Ben's going to play a song in a moment. And as things do, I want you to think about this the course of your life. I say to kids, I say every day when you wake up, you have a power in your hands. Do you know that? You have a power in your hands. The power of enabling someone else to belong. You can walk throughout your school sphere, your workspace, your community, how to change someone's day. Because you determine to see them as a brother or a sister or a potential one. And you utter these words to them and you see that they're not fitting when they're not in there. The awkwardness of... Would you like to join in with me? say and if you're just checking out God and just close to this some people find it really difficult to really believe that you want to spend an eternity with them in a new heaven and a new earth you don't even want to spend some time with them in your mind would you like to join me the music started and it will say, there's your money, there's the goods, deal is done, leave, no relationship. Don't buy into that. That is not Christmas. That is not 
not Christmas. Christmas is. Would you like to join with us? Thank you.